today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Taunts of the Jebusites, the unbelief of the skeptics govern him. He never would have went forward. But because, because he listened to faith rise in his heart, and let faith rise in your heart, let belief rise in your heart, there was a successful achievement. Reaching up high. Arms open wide, we see You're changing our lives So we can be our hands and feet Have you ever experienced a time where you went through a spiritual conquest? Perhaps you were called into new terrain and you had no idea how to tackle it by your own strength. In today's message, Pastor Ed teaches about the battles and struggles David faced when he was going after Jerusalem. Though he encountered skepticism, doubts, and taunts from the enemy, David held on to his faith and experienced victory in God. May we allow the faith of the Lord to govern our lives too. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith Second Samuel chapter 5. I'm going to be using the whole chapter, but I'll be focusing especially on one verse, verse 12. We're going to read first verses 6 to 10. A little bit of the background. David's been anointed king, first of the southern kingdom, then seven, seven and a half years later, He's anointed king of the United Kingdom. The northern tribes come and join with the southern tribe of Judah. And David now is going to be led by God, guided by the Lord, to establish a new capital. And David's going to go up to Jerusalem and take the city for God. In chapter 5, verse 6, the Jebusites who lived there, the Jebusites said to David, you will not get in here. Even the blind and the lame can ward you off. They thought David could not get in here. Nevertheless, David captured the fortress of Zion, the city of David. On that day, David said, anyone who conquers the Jebusites will have to use the water shaft to reach those lame and blind who are David's enemies. That is why they say the blind and the lame will not enter the palace. David then took up residence in the fortress and called it the city of David. He built up the area around it from the supporting terraces inward. And he became more and more powerful Because the Lord God Almighty was with him. Now Hiram, king of Tyrus, sent messengers to David along with cedar logs and carpenters and stonemasons. And they built a palace for David. And David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel. And had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people. 
We live in a time of insecurities. A time when you turn on the television and you hear that the stock market just this past Thursday dropped 500 points in the past two weeks. It lost all the gains that it had gained from the beginning of the year. You hear about the uncertainty of employment and how both state and federal-run government are in trouble, how the private sector is in trouble. And you know that it's not only here in the United States, but overseas countries like Spain and Greece and others are struggling in their economy. The uncertainty of tomorrow just seems to be sweeping across the land and causing men and women to be unsettled. And then we look at the disintegrating morals. We don't have to look any further than our own state. But it's a reflection of what's happening around the nation and around the world, in fact. We see the fabric of moral values crumbling. We look at how difficult relationships seem to be as family systems are struggling more and more and more. And you can wonder, God, what's going to happen? And you could almost get into a negative state of mind where your self-talk is defeating. You wind up saying, I'm a failure. I failed in the past, therefore I'm a failure today. That sense of insecurity gripping you. People say, I'm ugly and I'm awful to look at. I don't fit in here or anywhere, or else, for that matter, anywhere else. What's the sense of trying? I never get it right. The feeling of incompetence, inadequacy, inability. All of those things creates a sense of uncertainty and insecurity. But God... But God wants to establish you so that you're founded upon that rock. And when the storms of change come blowing across our times, you can be secure. What God is going to do for David is amazing. God is going to establish this man. And the principles and the passage of Scripture really shows us what God wants to do in every believer's life, in your life and in my life. How does God go about it? How does God do it in David's life? David is going to be established by God. Look at the text in verse 5. Of the 12th chapter of Deuteronomy, it reads, But you are to seek the place the Lord your God will choose from all the tribes to put his name there for a dwelling. To that place you must go. Now, this is Moses speaking hundreds of years earlier. Moses, who is prophesying, as Joshua is ready and others are ready to go into the land of promise, he says, someday God's going to establish a city. And that city is going to be a central city where all the people of the nation will gather and will come. And the years go by and roll on. 
and yet it doesn't happen. But David, second king of Israel, is a man after God's own heart. And as a young boy in those shepherd fields of Bethlehem, in the distance, as he took the sheep out to tend them, he could see that fortress city of Jerusalem, owned and occupied by the Jebusites. Those Canaanites were a wicked and evil people. David, as he later on in life led the armies of Saul in and out to battle, would pass that fortified city. It would stand as a monument defying the people of God right there in Benjamin, right on the borderline of Judah, Jerusalem, this impregnable fortress where the Jebusites held control tightly. David, I believe, had a word from God dropped into his heart and he had a sanctified determination to follow through on that word. A sanctified determination. In verse 6, the verse we read, the king and his men marched to Jerusalem to attack the Jebusites who lived there. The Jebusites said to David, you'll never, you will never get in here. Even the blind and the lame can ward you off. They thought, they said, they thought, they said, they thought, they thought, they said, David cannot enter here. I can imagine as David, in his first military encounter as the tribes unite, the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom, David, take on something less challenging, less formidable. David, do something smaller than that. David, you know the history. Now, I could picture someone opening up the chapter and verse. Yeah, someone, as they are marching through and they're getting ready to go to Jerusalem, said, David, don't you remember? Let me just read it for you, David. It's Joshua fifteen sixty three. It says, Judah could not dislodge the Jebusites who are living in Jerusalem. To this day, the Jebusites live there with the people of Judah. Don't you know what that says, David? Even in Joshua's day, as they went under the commander-in-chief of Joshua, they couldn't capture the land. They couldn't capture the city. Benjamin had tried. Judah had tried. But none could capture and retain that city. David, why are you trying to do that? And here you have the Jebusites. You have the skeptics and then the Jebusites who are mocking. It's not going to happen, David. If we put our lame and our blind outside, guess what? You aren't even getting in. But there was a problem. The problem was this. That David saw life differently than others did. Yeah. David looked at the challenges differently. When David was a young teenager, he said something that stayed with him all through the journey, all through the years. When others saw an impossibility, a giant that caused the nation to tremble in fear, David saw something else. Listen to his words. You come against me, he's speaking to Goliath, with sword and spear and javelin. 
But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord says, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. See, David recognized that God was bigger than the circumstances. There are challenges that each one of us has. And there's our Jerusalems. Maybe that Jerusalem is a situation that's so challenging to you as a single parent. You don't know how you're going to stretch the funds and pay the bills and, and yet see your children grow up to live and serve for the Lord. As a young adult, you're just wondering as you're in that dating stage of life, will I ever meet Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright? Will I ever meet the right person and or you're in that circumstance of in-between land, in-between jobs. You're looking for the right thing, and it just seems like nothing seems to be opening up. You have some challenge like that. What you need to do is put all of those voices on the mute. No, even better, erase them. And let the Scripture Feed into your heart, feed into your mind, feed into your spirit the promises and the purpose and the plan of God for your life. Let that play in the depths of your soul. Had David allowed the taunts of the Jebusites, the unbelief of the skeptics govern him, he never would have went forward. But because, because he listened to faith rise in his heart. And let faith rise in your heart. Let belief rise in your heart. There was a successful achievement. In verse 7, nevertheless, David captured the fortress of Zion. Nevertheless, think about it. If David had never gone up, never gone forward, had been held back, frozen back, kept back by fear, we would not be talking about Jerusalem being the city of God. All of those memories that would surround that city, all of those triumphs, all of those stories would have been lost to history. This was a significant battle, an incredible battle. But see, God wanted David to accomplish something significant, and he wants you to do the same thing. He wants you to do the same thing. Maybe not geographically, but spiritually. There is a Jerusalem. There is a spiritual conquest. There is something there that God is saying to you. I want you to go forward. I don't want you to go backward. I want you to go ahead. I don't want you to retreat. David is going to listen to the voice of God. And because he does, Jerusalem is going to be the religious capital of the whole nation. It's going to unify the nation. Had he used Hebron where he had been, the northern tribes would have been 
isolated and felt slighted. Jerusalem was right on the border of Judah and it was in the territory of Benjamin. And they, as a united front, went forward and captured that city and it united them. It was sort of full circle. When you wind up doing the supernatural through the power of the spirit, there are incredible consequences that last for eternity. There are some things that you and I do that will be gone with time. The sands of time will wash them away in oblivion. But there are some things that we do that will live beyond us and last for all eternity. I often think about the missionary Kirby Ryle. He's been here, spoken here. When he went to Russia and he was looking for a translator, there he found Alex. Alex wasn't a believer. He didn't know Christ as Lord and Savior. And as Alex would translate just to learn some English, just maybe to earn some money, slowly that word began to sink and settle in his heart so that he accepted Christ as his Savior. And his whole destiny was changed. And here we are being impacted at Faith Assembly. There's some things that we do that outlive us and outlast us and go into eternity. The work with young people, the work with older people, the work with those who hear the gospel and respond, that counts for not just the moment, but for all eternity. There was spiritual significance. There's going to be a day that you and I are going to live in that city that David conquered. Yes, God's going to make it new. But in Revelation, we're told, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride for her husband. We're going to live in that city, that new Jerusalem. We were prepared in eternity past to do good works, Ephesians tells us. We were created for those things. Do the thing that you were created to do. You connect with God and walk in faith. There's a city that you and I must live for. A city whose builder and maker is the Lord. And as we live for that, and as we look at eternity, and as we look not just in the moment for the future, God will do incredible things that will literally outlive us. I like Psalm 90, verse 17. May the favor of the Lord our God rest upon us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Lord, what I've done for you, God, what I'm doing for you, God, what you planned, establish thou the work of our hands. Some things will be blown away in a puff of smoke. They'll be gone and incinerated when this world is consumed in judgment. But there are some things that will live far beyond time into eternity. See, David had a sanctified determination. Oh, let that sanctified determination rest in your heart, reside in your heart, and you'll have a successful, really a significant achievement. God is going to do something else. The text is real clear. 
God established his servant. Are you a servant of the Lord? I hope you see yourself as that way. I hope you see yourself as one of his children. And you have that relationship with him because that's all significant. Here David is and God establishes him. In verse 10 of chapter 5 it says, And he became more and more powerful. And the Lord God Almighty was with him. What's happening here is the biblical writer is drawing a contrast between Saul and between David. Saul grows weaker and weaker. David grows stronger and stronger. Saul grows weaker and less and less like himself. When Saul began, he was filled with humility. He was awed and overwhelmed by God's sovereign choice of him. But slowly and surely and steadily, he decided he was going to do his will, not God's will. David, in contrast, wants to do the will of God. He's a man after God's own heart. His heart is set on doing what God's heart wants done. Oh, be that way. Put God's agenda first, and he'll take care of yours. Put God's agenda before anything else. Live for an audience of one. Live for an audience of one that God has seen and watching and he knows. See, that was the difference between David and Saul. David had set his heart on listening, obeying, and God established him. Saul had to be reproved, rebuked, and corrected by the prophet Samuel. Saul... Don't you know that obedience is better than sacrifice? To obey God is what God wants. David had the attitude, speak, Lord, speak. You see it in his prayers. You see it in his lifestyle. Maybe it was when Samuel the prophet laid hands on David. And Samuel's mantle just sort of fell on David in some ways. For Samuel, from a young child, would say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so you see David again and again and again listening. Now, Eugene Peterson takes verse 10 and gives an interesting translation. The Hebrew can say this. The Hebrew really could convey this. Listen to what he says, or the message translation David proceeded with a longer stride, a larger embrace. If you look at chapter 5 in the beginning, when the people from the northern tribe come to David and say, David, we want you to be our king, they don't say the word king. They say, we want you to shepherd and to be our prince or ruler. Maybe they just had enough of what a king was all about. The oppressive reign of Saul. The overbearing reign of Saul. 
The more we learn of David's story, the more we see how God can use an imperfect person to do incredible things. God can and wants to use you too. Did you know that God has a special and exciting plan for your life? He has designed you to fit that plan exactly and will give you the strength you need for every task. All you need to do is seek Him for guidance and lean on Him for your source of power. Pastor Ed will continue teaching about the life of David on the next edition of Building in Faith. But you can find more messages right now by visiting our radio website, buildinginfaithradio.com. Be sure to visit our church homepage as well by clicking on Back to the Homepage. There, you'll be greeted by a daily scripture and some exciting events coming up for us here at Faith Assembly. We know how important finding a church home is to the Christian walk. And if you've not yet found that for your own life, why not join us? We'd be honored to meet you and share a time of worship and Bible study with you. We gather together each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and again on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Location information and directions are on our website. That address again is buildinginfaithradio.com. As our time with you comes to a close, we'd like to say thank you for joining us today. We pray your day is blessed by God and that you continue to seek Him in your personal journey of faith. Pastor Ed will have more to share from the Word of God on the next edition of Building in Faith. Your word